Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. That said, let me bring in somebody who could talk about it because he actually literally played defense for the Buffalo Bills. He did that. Put his body on the line, and now he's out there doing God's work with cannabis. Let me welcome the one and only Dr. Hervé Damas. Hello. Good noon and happy new year to you. Happy new year. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't say happy new year to you. I'm, 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 I'm bothered. I'm bothered. I'm bothered by us today because, you know, let, let's put the NFL and all that. The NFL is going to NFL. But what we do, we got control over. Just like right now, we're holding, holding the fort in the house. <laughs> 212 just voted again for Hakeem Jeffries and Kevin McCarthy still didn't get the number of votes. Jim Jordan got even more votes this time. Yeah, we, we this is this is what unity looks like and it's Kwanzaa season. Let's go. Dr. Damas, um first of all, you played for the Bills, which is the same team that um DeMar Hamlin uh injured got injured last night on. Um where were you? I know you still watch even though I got feelings about that. But talk to me about what your thoughts are. I was home. I actually was not watching. I okay. don't watch pro football that much. Uh, yeah. So I got a lot of issues with uh, things that they've done. And I think we've talked about some of the stuff with the concussion stuff and some of the race norming things that they've done. A lot of things. There's like, a, there's a point where, you know, the taste is just too much bitterness in it. So I wasn't watching the game, but my phone started blowing up. Um, I was doing some other work. I went to check my phone and it's all these people texting me like, oh my God, what happened? So then I turned it on and I was getting the information from the broadcast. And I remember the first thing I heard was they've told the teams they have five minutes to warm up to play again. So I remember that was the first thing. And I was kind of like, okay, what, what happened? I still didn't know what happened, but We've been so desensitized to people getting severely injured on the football field that, you know, them pausing a game because of some catastrophic injury is not, you know, spinal cord injuries and those things like that. We kind of accept that this is a part of football. We've come to find out this was a, a cardiovascular event. And then I was like, they want these guys to play. This is a whole another level of trauma. Uh, it actually, you know, made me flash back to when I got hurt. Actually, it's the first time I thought about like, uh, you know, the day I got hurt and everything that happened um, during during that event. It was literally the first time that happened in 1995, 96. Um, so it brought me back to that. So talk to some of my boys um, about it today. And a lot of people are, are kind of, you know, shook up, you know, uh, not feeling very good. I, this is such a layered, complex conversation. To me, it's real simple. Um, but I, I dance in the grays, but I live in the black and white. You know, like I'm very absolute about the things that I know until I get more information. And then I'm willing to bend and, and expand the things that I know and change my mind because knowledge and information should do that, right? We should be on a constant quest to challenge the things that we think we know. What is it that we know about the NFL? Let me just correct myself because we're going to do that in full, in real time. Kenny Stabler did not kill himself. I apologize for uh, that bad information. He died from colon cancer. Thank you. Um, and I didn't read my sheet properly. It was Andre Waters who died by suicide, Junior Seau and Dave Dorison, 
who died by suicide. For you on that field that day in the 90s when you were injured, tell me what happened on that play. During practice, it's weird, weird thing. Because um, for me, one of the things that I knew was a gift of mine was that I could, uh, I was pretty smart, right? So I could figure out what they were running, right? So it was like, you're running this stuff a few times. I already know what you're going to do. I already know everything that's coming. So um, the Bills used to run this counter trade play with Thurman Thomas. He takes a false step one direction, he comes back. I already knew it was coming. <laughs> but I'd hurt my ankle. Um, a week before that, a really bad ankle injury, but I'm a rookie. So I don't have time to be like hanging out on the sideline. There's pressure. You're like, you don't make the club. There's a saying, you don't make the club sitting in the tub. Like you got to get out there. So saw the plane coming, couldn't put any pressure on my left leg and took all the force pulling guard, right knee planted. And I heard like a tear, like somebody tearing like denim, like, and it didn't hurt. But I just noticed that my foot was laying like perpendicular to my body. It was like flat. And I was like, has my foot always been like that? And so the thing that I remembered last night, last night uh, was the flashback. When I got up, I noticed that the team was far away from me. And I remember the thought in my mind, like, why are they so far away from me? And then it, was, it all came back to me. Because in football, you get injured during practice, during drills. You don't stop the drill. You move it up. Like you move, move like, you know, like you just step over the dead body. Yeah. Oh my so, God. So coach will say, you know, blow the whistle, beep, move the drill up 10 yards, move it up 15 yards. Right. So they move it away from you. You stay on the ground wherever you are. And then the athletic training staff gets over to you. So you become desensitized over time to other people's suffering. That is just the, that was the first time that that had happened to me. Right. And so I'm standing there and I, last night I was like, Oh wow, that's right they had moved the drill on me. Like I was the guy that they were like, yeah, forget about him. He's no longer useful, right? He's hurt, move the drill. And that happens in the game. So during the game, that's how you play. Somebody has a neck injury. Somebody has a se severe injury, right? If you guys wonder why guys can just go around and cause you're conditioned to do that. You see somebody injured, you can hear them yelling. You can hear the sounds and all that stuff, move it up. Next play, next man up. Last night was different because it's the first time any of us had seen someone receive CPR and a defibrillator on a football field. You know, and that's crazy when you think about it because we have been okay with seeing people immobilized, paralyzed, you know, waiting for the thumbs up kind of thing, right? Thoughts and prayers. Like we're pretty much okay with that, right? Somebody could lose all function mobility for the rest of their lives because of football. We've been okay with that. Last night was the first time somebody, like we were all like, oh my God, there's imminent death. Like that's a real thing. And the idea that you would ask that someone had the thought that we're just gonna keep playing, like we're gonna move the drill up, right? Someone that just reminded was... me on Twitter that it was the players and the coaches that refused to go back out, not the NFL that called the game. They couldn't play a game without the players, which is I've always suspected that the players have more power than they show. If you decide you're not going to play, if you decide you're not going to play one game, all the players, the NFL would have to change a lot of things, right? Whether we're talking about pensions, whether we're talking about insurance policies, whether we're talking about higher pay, they 75% of that league looks like you. 
the pay structure, the contact tracks structure makes our union, the NFL unit, one of the weakest unions in professional sports. There's no guaranteed contracts and the kind of interchangeability or the disposable nature of the talent, the way that they just like take pieces and plug us in and out, you have a lot of turnover, careers are shorter. So a couple of times, if you know the last, the, the one big time that the guys had a chance to do something big was in the 80s, the first strike. And you had all these guys cross the picket line. Remember they had the scab players? Yes. So once that <laughs> happened, yeah. yeah, that union lost basically its bargaining power. Because you didn't see that happen with the baseball players when they when they went on strike. They stuck it to the owners. Um, the basketball players didn't cross the picket lines. Hockey's had labor disputes and the players don't cross, but the football players did. So once that had been established as something that would happen with them, the players lost a lot of you know, bargaining power to get to a point where they can exert the kind of influence on the league the way that like the NBA players union can or Major League Baseball, which is like the gold standard. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of players know that you, NFL is not for long. Right. So you're not going to be here for a long That's time. What it stands for NFL. So not for long. Right. And so you move, you know, there's a there's a certain amount of understanding that, hey, you know, you're you're grateful to be in this circumstance. You're happy to be here. Right. You have a you have an opportunity to make uh, more money than, you know, you would ever make or your family can ever make. So shut your mouth. Uh, total line. Stay, you know, stay in your place. When I heard the last, so there is a bit of that plantation uh, mechanism in there. Stay in your place, shut your mouth, do as you're told, don't cause any problems, and you could last a little bit. You could make it a little. You don't want to get the reputation of being a malcontent, right? Because you're very disposable. Unless so, yeah, you're Antonio you know? Brown and somehow... <laughs> We'll so you've got to be, we'll yeah, you got to be that. an electric talent. Yo. You got to be an electric talent oh, to get God. some of that stuff, right? You know, you got to be, but those guys are few and far between. Everyone else, you know, they'll they'll kick you to the curb. I, you know what? I remember when I was playing. I think the Million Man March was taking place during that time, and it was like talk amongst the the black players in the locker room, like. Who, yo, you guys going to like skip practice and go down there? Everybody's like, are you crazy? You know, wow. and we were like this seminal moment in our existence as black men. You know, this thing is happening. And pretty much everyone in the locker room is like, no, bro. Like, that is not our role. Like, you, you show up to practice today, shut your mouth and don't get involved in all of that stuff. Wow. You know, so, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's not really a place for that. Dr. Damas is here. Um, can you stick around? Can you stick around? We're going. I want to have a bunch of other questions um, to ask you. Let me let me take Patricia. She, uh, a lot of y'all been holding on. We're going to take more calls too when we come back. Patricia in Florida, welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Thank you for holding. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for your show. I've learned so much. Appreciate everything. My husband is a former NFL player. Uh, I played in the seventies and the eighties. Recently heard about. Uh, let me ask, ask answer your question first. You, uh, if he had children that were able to play football today, he would not let them play because of what's uh, presenting itself with him physically now and what he's you, known for. Quite you know, I'm, I'm looking at the clock. You know, we have heartbreak at the top. Um, hold on a second, because I have questions for you as well. Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Doctor Damas is here, Irve. 
uh, Dama Sakpase, my brother. Um, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation. And I just want us to think more deeply about the choices we make, the things we celebrate, the things we put our attention to. Are they freeing us? Or are they doing the opposite? All right, we are here. Um, and we are sending up prayers. There's just no more information on the condition of yeah. DeMar uh, Hamlin other than that he's in critical condition still. He's still in critical condition. Yeah. Uh, his heart stopped on the football field. And they right. had to, uh, not once, I think they had to administer CPR a couple of times to start his heart again. And he's a world-class athlete, 24 years old, in one of the best shapes of anybody. <laughs> Hit you know, he delivered a hit. You were a defensive player. Dr. Hervé Damas is here. As a defensive player, you know, you're usually delivering the hammer. You know, that's that's yeah. the role. That's my thing. But last night's hit was awkward because while he made the tackle, uh, the person he was tackling the, ha- the helmet went to his chest. Correct. And when he stood up, he, you know, yeah. fell out. Um, there's nothing we can do about that. But no. this conversation today, and the one that I've been wanting to have, is right up there with eliminate the N-word from our music and our lexicon and our language to, are these the best places that we should be, to, you know, because it's culture, right? We, we train our children to aspire to become rappers and basketball players and football players as the way out of the hood and all that. But the, the easiest road is tech. No, you, really, you know, you got two boys. What, 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 you know, your, your two sons are amazing moms yeah. and Apollo and they are super smart. Yeah. One so of them is playing. Yes. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk to me. So miles, um, I never pushed them to play football, neither one of them. Um, so kind of left that alone. I didn't try to like discourage. So I coached his flag football teams when he was younger, you know, playing flag football. Um, then, this past year, out of nowhere, he's like, I want to play football. I was like, oh, you know, okay. Like, that's what you want to do. You know, I, I got to tell you that it's a very violent and very dangerous sport. You know, so I had a talk with him. Like, you know, this is what happened to me. You know, I had a really bad knee injury and that ended my career, right? But I have other injuries that I kind of sucked up and played through that are lingering not to mention all the concussions that I've had. No, I was like, that's why I'm even in the industry that I'm in because of that. So it was like, you know, you have to make sure when I started playing the game, I didn't understand the full risks. I didn't understand why I was a little kid. Um, I knew what it gave me, right? So I started playing. It gave me an outlet to let some of my violent, aggressive nature out. So I'm not going to lie about that. I grew up in Flatbush. So I wasn't a street kid, but it was hard out there. You know, so how do you get this? stuff out of you right so this gave me uh opportunity to do that but then it was the accolades right you start doing well people are nicer to you you get your name in the paper you get girls then college like you get all that stuff you know you do get kind of like um seduced by the success by some of the fringe benefits from it but it's going to cost you so you know he played well this year and he wound up hurting his ankle last three games got really injured and we had a talk i actually mentor a couple of kids, um, and I'm also on the U, um, United Negro College Fund Leadership Committee. So I try to work with younger younger people, kind of like give them a like, bro, listen, I know how to do this. So I I spoke to Miles about this about three weeks ago. What do you want to do with your life? So he started talking about the schools he wants to go to and why. And the first thing he said was sports, right? And I was like, and he plays basketball, so he's a good basketball player, a good football player. 
And I was like, that's the hustle right now. I was like, you got bamboozled. See, you started doing this stuff and you start enjoying it. And now your focus is on the enjoyment and the pleasure. And I was like, that's how they get you. We fall for that all the time. It's like, bro, that's not the key. I've made way more money as a physician than I did as a football player. Way, it's not even close. Way more money. And I didn't have to rip my body to shreds or my brain to pieces for it, right? Now it was like our people, we tend to fall for that, right? Because it's shiny, because it's celebrated, because you get prestigious, because of all those other things. You're like, yeah, you know, I do like that. And I was like, come back to me. I told them, come back to me with another list of schools, with programs, things that you're interested in, right? And then we're going to talk about those schools, but we ain't talking about the schools. I was like, sports is plan B for you. From now on, in this house, sports is plan B, academics is plan A. If for some reason you become some sort of great basketball player or whatever, well, great, right? But academics is plan A. Don't fall for the hustle. Um, so that's like, that's my take on this whole thing. Don't fall for that. You know, because you are not a stakeholder in that industry. You don't become an owner. They don't let you into the upper levels of management. Like, you you know, you are an employee and you are a replaceable employee, disposable. Yeah, you may get some of these fringe benefits, but it doesn't last long. And the chances, honestly, the odds are so slim against you that the work in the effort that you put into that, if you dedicated to something else, you'd be a master at something else, right? So why are you killing yourself at this pipe dream, bro? <laughs> you know? And so he sat there, he looked at me, he goes, okay. <laughs> he looked at me like, man, I never thought about that. And I was like, well, you know, well now this is this is how it's gonna be from now on. This is how you come back to me with the schools that have academic programs you wanna be in. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, 866-801-8255. Patricia was holding on. I want to get back to her. Her husband, former NFL player in the 70s and 80s. Thank you for holding, Patricia, in Florida. Thank you. Thank you. I was saying uh, he he played, yes, and uh, he had a son that followed him. Uh, He wanted to play, but he said if he had another son, he would not let him play uh, because of the problems that he's experiencing right now, and he can't get any help. I, it, the Florida had a settlement. NFL has a settlement right now wow. that he can't even get into because they said, "Oh, your date, you did not qualify. You didn't register by the date." You know, and he has these big time problems. Um, physical, physical just, problems, mental problems. Physical, yes. Neurological, yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yes, wow. wow. You know, um, and the younger, the players that played in the seventies and eighties don't even have the protections that the players have now, you know, like that. And you're still getting your brains knocked around. Uh, and, and again, CTE, they can't really determine whether you have it until after you're dead. Right. But the neurological right. issues you can see now, but yeah, this is, it's, which is why cannabis is a big thing for you. Yeah. Um, pain management and all of that. Uh, Herve, Dr. Herve Damas is here. With that uh, woman on the line, um, if she calls the office, uh, I don't know where she is in Florida, but I can, okay. What where where she is in Florida, we have a number of the retired players chapter. So I'm in, I'm the uh, captain of the health and wellness committee of our chapter, which is the South Florida chapter. So there's a chapter in Tampa, Orlando, and one in Jacksonville. 
and okay. hours here in South Florida. And uh, what we try to do, so for example, in, in my chapter, what I try to do is put people in touch with some of the resources that are available for former players, which is some of the health stuff, the mental wellness stuff, financial stuff, those kind of things, and try to connect them with some other people who can help them, whether you need an attorney to get on your case to help you do that, because they do put up barriers to get access to those funds that they you know make release public <laughs> public relations notices about it press releases oh we have a 700 million dollar settlement for you to get that you got to go through so much that some a lot of people wind up just giving up they get lost in the sauce and it's like yeah there's 700 million dollars out there but guys are not touching it and then of course there was the race norming thing that they did with the concussion with the um with the neurocognitive uh issues that you know people don't make enough of a big deal about, but basically saying that African-American black players were cognitively less developed to begin with. So when they took these, these assessments by the neurologists and they came out impaired, they would say, well, they started off lower to begin with, so they don't get the same amount of award, reward or award as their Caucasian counterparts. The more you talk, the more I'm questioning why anybody is supporting the NFL. Like that, that yeah. alone should be enough to be like, okay. I, that's right. Like, exactly. Right. That's like, for me, that was like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. like, like I said, the, the, the flavor of it, the, 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 how I feel, I feel dirty. Like I know what's going on. Right. And, you know, I'm continuing to participate in this stuff. You know, I'm giving my 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 eyeballs right there. Like I'm watching this stuff. I'm promoting it. Uh, I'm like, you know, so you'll never see me like social media posts about the game, blah, blah, blah. Very rarely. Like I support Buffalo because that's where I play. But I, I love the city and that city's gone through a lot. So, yeah. you know, they've gone through a lot this yeah. year. And so I know these are the kind of things that can sometimes help a city, but overall, man, this, this is like yeah. a, the you NFL know, evil corporatism, a, uh, evil they corporatism. A, they need a reckoning is, on some other oh, level. This yeah. is mean, big time, evil corporate America. If you want to know like some of the, like, you know, nickel and diming people and, you know, falsifying medical records, uh, manipulations, you know, those kind of things. Like, this is the place that you will find it. And people, um, look, so I'll give you a quick anecdote. I had a young allegedly, man. Allegedly, I just want to. Yeah, I gave a quick anecdote. Young man spoke to me two weeks ago. He's trying to walk on to college that he's at. Why are you walking on at that school? Well, you know, what happened in high school? Oh, I got hurt. Oh, I had ACL surgery and then I heard my ankle had enough surgery. So I was, it was like, bro, that game is already taking pieces of your body, right? But you want to go back in? Like, you, it's not enough. It will continue to take pieces of you the longer that you're in there. That is the, that is the God's honest truth. You are not going to walk through that, that thing and come out unscathed. It will take pieces of you. Now, you got to make the calculus of how much you're willing to get to get whatever they're offering you. Because it might be a few bucks that you run through, and now you're debilitated for the rest of your life. With no money, with no money, yeah, yeah. Eight eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. On the um, flip side, um, Hamlin had a a nonprofit charitable foundation where he was raising money to give children toys. Uh, he had raised twenty five hundred dollars on his own by four thirty this morning. Um, that number is up to three million dollars with people. That's awesome. Because it's like we don't know what to do. 
what do we do? What do we do? Um, okay, I can donate money. That's something I can do to feel something, to feel like a human being. 866-801-8255 uh, Wonder, is the number. Go ahead. I'm sorry. One of the things that um, people have been doing, which I tend to not like to do, is armchair doctoring, which is like looking at a video of something and saying, I know this is what, what's happening, because you can't possibly know without a fool. But... Um, I've spoken to a bunch of cardiologist friends of mine and they're both, all of them are kind of pretty much of a consensus that this was um, basically a heart concussion. That's what we call it in like youth sports, a heart concussion. You get a blow to the heart at the right velocity at the right time. And it makes your heart stop beating because it throws off the rhythm. Your heart starts quivering, fibrillating. That's why you need a defibrillator because fibrillation means that it's quivering instead of beating. It happens a lot in youth sports, baseball, hockey, lacrosse. Usually they're throwing an object at a high velocity or in baseball, you're hitting a ball at high velocity and it hits the kid. Um, and then that causes this injury, if that's the injury that he has. And football, we're, the guys are so big and fast now, right? That the speeds and the mass of them, and including the surfaces, which are not grass for the most part, which are these really sticky, tacky, artificial um, surfaces, which are been, a lot of people have been saying, increasing knee injuries. There's studies out of there, like back and forth, but the velocities that people have moved on, are moving at, have contributed to the increase in head injuries. Yep. But now we're seeing like this kind of injury to other parts of the body, Again, which you're like, man, this is a normal injury. Yeah, if you were running, you know, the speeds that we were running in the 90s, but this is the 2020s. Right. These dudes are a whole nother from the training, the nutrition, yes. from the sports performance and coaching that there needs to be even further investigation about the safety protocols of this, right? Like, have we created a monster that is really unsafe? Uh, Patricia in Florida, hold on. If you have, if you already hung up, call back so that we can get your information to Dr. Damas and get your husband, uh, some, some help in Florida. Uh, let's head over to Mississippi and welcome in Kevin. Welcome. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Good brother. Welcome. Uh, I was, I, I was about to say the same thing about the, you know, the NFL draft, the combine where players are examined almost as if. It's a slave auction. And so, you know, last night when I was looking at it, you could see players crying that were, emo and, you know, emotionally distraught and, and going through some type of trauma. And what bothered me was that they were talking about give them five minutes after the player was taken off the field. They were saying give them five minutes and then we'll get back to the game. Almost as if these are not people, but they're products. And it just kind of, you know, I'm an avid football fan. And it just kind of turned me off the way uh, how insensitive that the NFL could be or how insensitive they were. As far as this player almost dying on the field, they're seeing him going into cardiac arrest, and they're just looking over the human aspect of it. And it, it kind of reminded me of uh, Django. Mm. where the, the, the boxer or the fighter kept saying, Mr. Candy, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I don't want to fight anymore. But he was telling him, I, I expect to get three to four more fights out of you. Not looking at the, the, the people. 
that's yeah. having to see a friend. I mean, when, when Dr. Damas describes getting injured and then they move the play <laughs> away from him <laughs> so they can continue, it tells you right there, you're not seen as a human being. You know, I've watched a lot of the hard knock lives. That's how much I was uh, the hard knock on, on uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. HBO. Yes. And I was really into it because it's, it's fascinating. And how, you know, these kids, they, these young people, these men, these grown men, some of them veterans put all of their life blood into this to get the, the binder, you know, like the, the way in which they dismiss you is so inhumane. It's like you come into the room. It's like, all right, yeah, you're cut. It's like maybe yeah. practice squad. I'm like, y'all have are heartless. You know, it's like that's a scary time in camp. That's a you know when it's cut day. So there's a guy uh, used to call him the Vic, and uh, he's like a low level, usually like a low level assistant or something like the intern, quality control guy. And it's his job to come to your door. They come to your door. We used to stay in dorms. They come to your dorm room to get the knock, and it's it really is. How can I describe it? That night, it's like the, uh, you know, like the Israelites, you know, marking something on their door to make sure <laughs> the, 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 like they get Pass passed over. over. Yeah, because yeah, like you're like, I don't want that knock at my door, but you'll hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like you, your door is closed. You'll hear it happening down the hall. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, what's up? Coach, like to speak to you. Bring your playbook. That's literally, and then once that <laughs> happens, you already know. And it's a sad day. And the next morning you see people at breakfast, it's like somebody died. Sometimes it's like, oh man, where's so-and-so? Yeah, you know, he got cut. This and you're morning. just like, I'm glad it wasn't me. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but you also, these are friends, people that you have camaraderie with, and they're gone. That's it. I have one dude, oh man, I don't want to drop his name, but he so played. Don't, don't do he, it. I'm not. He played at the University of Colorado and got in some trouble because he got the coaches. Wait, that's the school that Deion Sanders is going to? Yeah, yeah, the Colorado Buffaloes. So he got the coach's daughter pregnant back in the day. And that coach was a Christian fundamentalist. So he had to leave before he was ready to get Like he had to leave campus because this ain't good. You got the Christian coach's daughter pregnant. You're a black guy. He's the, you know, and uh, so he wasn't ready for the league. Um, so we got there. I remember cut down day. Um, the, the Like the sadness, because that was it. There was no other plan. You know, this was it. Like school is done and now football is done. What What's the next plan? Right. So you can see like the door is closed, like. My life is like, what am I gonna do with myself? And I still remember him because it made me, that made me sad because you know because of like everything that happened to him. Um, but it is, you know, for us, we see a guy get cut, we feel a certain type of way. But like you said, you got to move on, right? Because you still got to worry about yourself. So it adds to not to only the- it adds to the dehumanization of other people, and it adds mm-hmm. to your desensitization desensitizing yourself to the struggles the pain the plight of yourself too because you're okay with that happening to you too so you're going to accept some stuff you're going to accept some treatment and some things circumstances that you normally would not do because now you're in it slowly but surely at every level from the high school to the college you are being you're groomed to accept your place 
Negro. Correct. Stay in your place. Bryant in Louisiana, not having it. Hi, Bryant. Welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Hi, Karen. So hey. um, I heard what you said about the demographics of the NFL. You said 75% of the NFL looks like they're black men, right? Mm-hmm. So I was yep. wondering how many – how, what percentage of that 75% would it take for them to make some real change to where the players actually have more say and more governance over the operations of the game? And like, also, I want to comment okay. and say that Shannon Sharp, I congratulate him for not showing up to work and not staring in the face of old Skip Bayless from Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, uh, Shannon Sharp is free. He ain't really got to sit there. After that man disrespected him that day, I yeah, wouldn't come back. Y'all, I'm like, I got to I gotta take this from like, this guy? Yeah, no, nah, I ain't I coming know, back. That's the craziest thing. Yo. Like, <laughs> you, know what, you know what's crazy about that? And not to um, disregard Homeboy's question was, that's somebody, you're an outsider. Skip Gale is an outsider. Because if you were like, we don't do that to each other. You recognize, you know what I'm saying? Like, you never disrespect somebody like Shannon Sharp because you know what how hard it is to do what he did. You know how exceptionally hard that is. So you never, ever, ever. Now, you joke around and play on that level, but you know you ain't, you know, nobody taking it seriously. Like, you don't get You're going like to do that, that publicly on national you television. You, you, would, you, would, you would joke around and play with guys and say, oh, man, if I got you out there, this is what I'd do. And they'd be like, no, nah, you ain't going to do that kind of stuff. But you would never say, you suck. You ain't as good as you would never disrespect nobody like that. But you're an outsider and you don't know that, right? So you're trying to get into a space and discuss things and interact with people. You're a visitor in that space. And, you, the, and you're talking like one. Everything he does is like, yo, you don't belong in this space. The things that you say, his tweet. But you gotta night. have the you overseer. You gotta have the overseer to keep the the <laughs> time the to keep the time. Irving Dumas here, yo. Um, and Brian, I'm gonna answer your question because you asked a question that I ask myself quite frequently on this show. Like, what would it take? And if you know, if I were in charge, you know, if I were the senior council of wisdom, and they came and you know, senior council of wisdom, Karen, what should we do? I would take the the highest te- the team with the blackest people on it and it wouldn't be Dallas cuz they mm-mm. uh cuz their 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 stars are not black enough and and I'm when I'm talking black I'm not talking skin color I would take a team that would have like a Ed Reed type on it <laughs> you know what I'm saying you remember or or, or Sherman Richard Sherman type you know a team uh. like that and you only need one team that's winning and you gather there all and you tell them we're sitting out one game that would cripple. Just one team would cripple if everybody did it. One team would, would I think, be a shot across the bow. And then the next week, another team. And so have a rolling say, boycott. I, I will say this to that. You forget the business model that we've all willingly participated in involves a minor league football league, which is college football, which didn't did not pay us, right? College football was something they just started this NIL stuff last year. Right. So for years, you got paid under the table. I mean, we you know, if you were good, you get a couple of bucks here and there. I you know, I'm not gonna lie, but I got a couple of bucks back in the day, but I was negotiating <laughs> my own contract. I swear to God. I swear to God, when I was like I, I reached a certain level, I was like, hold up. We need to talk. 
and they were like, what's the matter, man? I was like, I'm broke. That's what's the matter. I need to get hooked up. You know, I got some jobs. Some of them were like, no work jobs. You just show right, up. Right. And they're you like, you know, I, you, I got okay. on the construction Okay, all right, site. Let's, let's not get into all of that. <laughs> but uh, there's would, no program. Would, would this work? This would not work? Because I, I remember Missouri. Nah. The Missouri team said, we're not showing up until this president quits. And I was like, yeah. ooh, blueprint. And hello. And, it, and the president quit. And the, why wouldn't it work? Yeah. Well, because I was, you know, A, it was Missouri is a, like, they are a big Power Five program, right? But their football team realistically is in a revenue, big, big revenue maker, like a lot of these Power Five schools were. Like Which makes it even more poignant because they were st- they yeah, stood to so lose a million dollars that one Saturday. So they, yeah, they were like. It was a small blip. Northwestern tried to form a, a union like five, six years ago. Remember that? They went to the National Labor Review Board and they weren't granted. There's a case right now in California where they are trying to say that the athletes at USC and UCLA are employees of the school, which would then give them certain benefits. But you got to think about it from all right, college. All right, let's not, because we don't have a lot of time. Let's not talk okay. about what can't work. What can work, to Brian's point. What can work. All right, so I, I think a couple of things. Number one is what I mentioned before. We need to stop putting so much of our intellectual property and energy, our soul and our spirit and our bodies into these enterprises, which chew us up for the most part. We know only the guys who make it big time. But for every one of those, man, there's a thousand you know, of guys like me. It's like one year, you're done. So we really need to kind of like reprogram ourselves into what our value system is, right? You want us to participate in this, you know, really profitable uh, enterprise, but we're not, you know, stakeholders in there. And we're not protected, right? So, but we can get involved in other industries, and we do well. You know, like in tech, in science, medicine. You know, we can get involved. There's a great need. People think football players or athletes are athletes. The things that you have to memorize and know, you, oh, yeah. you're like, yeah, football, you football players are, are, which is why <laughs> most of you have to go to college past, you know, yeah. three years too. So there's there's some of that. Um, do, do you have faith that the players would take, cause they didn't support Colin Kaepernick, you know, it was like a few no. Neil, but they couldn't even yeah. do, do that. And that was symbolic. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause you're indoctrinated to not rock the boat. Right. right. So you don't, you don't that. have any faith that to, to Brian's point, that there's anything that the players are willing to do to change the condition that they're currently in. No, I think some of the things that they're going to do are small things like a bone. They'll, they'll, you know, Demaris Smith has been the NFLPA president for, I don't know, like eight, 10 years now. Um, there's a new CBA up in like two, three years. And so they've had some small, because here's a simple thing that has never been done, right? Roger Goodell being the end all be all of all disciplinary things, right? It's a simple thing that they negotiated that they're going to have an arbitrator but if they don't like the arbitrator, it gets kicked back. If they don't like the arbitrator's decision, it gets kicked back to who? Roger Goodell, right? So he's still the end all. Right. And so these kind of things, okay. having the right representation is the first part. All right. Uh, last call, and then we got to go to break. Uh, Joe and Callie, thank you for making pithy, please, and welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. Hello. Hey, Karen. How are you? And hello to your guests as well. Um, thank you. I'll tell you, I, my vigor for the NFL is just not what it used to be, and it really started with, the, you know, the Colin Kaepernick thing. It also uh, got reinforced with 
the protection, the need to protect Jerry Jones, uh, the need to uh, sweep Brent Favre stuff under the rug, whether, whether he's sending dick pics of, of himself to Jen Sturger or now stealing money from people who actually need it. Uh, I just the same figure. And, and um, remember, this is the same NFL. And I'm with the last caller who said, you know, he, who was bothered by the fact that they didn't uh, immediately suspend the game um, after, uh, you know, uh, Hamlin got injured. This is the same NFL that re- refused to draft a single player from an HBCU last year because they want to they want to basically deter this movement where you know you start to see more of the top uh, players in the league commit to HBCUs. Oh my because I didn't want, even factor that wanna, in. Oh my yeah. God, they are oh the collusion allegedly. Wow, wow. He let me not a single one, not a single one. one. That is that not is willful. That is very willful. You're telling me of all the HBCUs, none of those players are worthy to be in the ninth round? You know what I'm saying? Like, none of them? The, the same HBCUs that brought you a Shannon Sharp and a, and a Mike Strahan and all? Really? Okay. Wow. Joe, you just added to the reason why I don't watch. Uh, Dr. Hervé, we have to go. Yo. And um, you'll be oh. back, of course, and we'll hear yes. you on the, rolling down the Urban View River on the Reed Daniel Favors and other places, <laughs> and I appreciate you coming yeah. through today with this. This was uh, I'm, important. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I, you know, I think uh, we started a new year, and you know what's funny, um, not funny, but it's unique, is that there is a great racial undertone and overtone to this. The reaction of Black fans and Black people to this different than white consumers of the product. It is. We sense more of that player's humanity. We feel him. He's like one of us, right? Whereas people from another demographic see him as an entertainer or like a piece. You'll get, but you'll get more of them that's like, hey, this show must go on. And for us, it's like, no, you know, we don't want to see this show anymore. Um, so I'm glad people are expressing their, their disdain um, because we can speak with our voices and our, la- our dollars, our eyeballs, you know, the things that we invest ourselves with can make a difference. And maybe when they see that part of their customer base is dissatisfied, they'll make some changes. Got to hit them in the wallet. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming through. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Happy it's New good Year. To see your Happy beautiful face. Year. Dr. Hervé oh. Damas. Yes. Uh, you can follow him at Damas Hervé, D A M A S H E R V E, on the Twitters. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.